Welcome back to Out the Gate, the podcast about sailing and adventure on and around San Francisco Bay. Well, this is a special extra episode of the podcast. As those of you who listen regularly know, I usually publish an episode every other week, but I wanted to drop this one to coincide with the uh, departure of a very unique boat from San Francisco. This Sunday, Wilbur Spall will head out the gate in his nine-foot sailboat, Chubby Girl, with the intention of sailing all the way to Hawaii. If Will succeeds, he'll break the record for the smallest boat to cross the Pacific. That record's held by Jerry Spies, who in 1981 sailed a 10-foot boat, Yankee Girl, from Long Beach to Honolulu. That trip took him 34 days. Will thinks his trip's going to take him about two months. As Will gets ready for his imminent departure, he was kind enough to sit down and have a quick phone chat with me just the other night. Uh, My name is Wilbur Spall. I'm 70 years old. I'll be 71 uh, about halfway through this trip at the end of October. I'd been sailing for about 50 years. I lived on a sailboat for one particular sailboat for over 21 years. I've done a lot of offshore sailing solo. I've sailed solo from San Francisco to Tampa and all through the Caribbean. This has been a dream is to, to take a small boat across one of the oceans. I've never sailed any boat this, you know, this small, frankly. Uh, this is smaller than most of the dinghies I've ever owned. And so uh, I'm looking forward to it. So I've been talking about it or thinking about it for like 30, 40 years. And then just a few years ago, uh, I was talking with my ex-wife and she said, well, you know, you're not getting any younger. You better start moving along with it. Otherwise, you're not going to probably make it. (laughs) So I got to thinking about it. And about three years ago, I started building a a little boat. I I built uh, several models, three models, actually, and tested them a little bit. And they seemed to be okay. But then I rented a little uh, garage from a guy in Walnut Creek. And I built uh, the first boat. It was a plywood hull covered in fiberglass. And I, I launched that and sailed around the bay for about a year. That was the first chubby girl. But it, it was it was not a good design. I, you know, I built it way too heavily. She was sluggish. I had a, a local naval architect, Jim Antrim, try to help me fix my mistakes on that boat. But it was just, I think it was just too far gone. And so uh, in February, I was out sailing it around trying to, trying to get out of here by April. Uh, and, and I finally realized in about February that the boat was just a dog and, and it, it, I shouldn't take that anywhere. So I took it into Berkeley Marine Center there in Berkeley and we pulled it out of the water and I salvaged what I could off of it. I got a sawzall and sawed it up and threw it in the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> and so then um, I contacted Jim Antrim again and I said, Jim, you know, we need to come up with a better design than what I designed built so he, he came up with this design uh, that i'm using now it's a it's a foam core vacuum bag infused resin little nine foot uh, sailing dinghy or a rowing dinghy i guess it was and we made two hulls uh and then we put a like a 15 inch spacer between them and so i just turned one hull upside down for the top and kept the bottom and put that 15 inch spacer to give me a little headroom inside there and uh, that's the way we end up with the boat and then, and then she sails very well uh, she's, you know, it's very stable. Jim uh, did the stability calculations and, and it, it works very well. So what uh, she I'm has very for... happy with it and I'm looking forward to leaving here in a couple of days. 
Yeah, you're taking off very shortly here. Your departure date is the 27th? Sunday. Yeah, the 27th, Sunday morning, about 1130, because I have to coordinate with the tides heading out. So I'll, I'll ride the tides out, because the currents go stronger than my little boat sails. Top end going downwind is about three knots, and uh, close reaching, I might be able to get two knots out of it. So, And the currents going through the, the straits there under the Golden Gate are, are several times that, so i got to ride the tide out. Your intended voyage is from the Berkeley Marine Center, where you departure, out the bay to Hawaii, correct? Right, that's right. I'm going to pull into the Kaneohe Yacht Club on Oahu. Uh, they said that when I get there, they would host me for about a, a week to 10 days and, uh, you know, give it like some talks to the Yacht Club about the trip and stuff. And then, then after that, I'll move the boat around towards the Waikiki side, Honolulu side, you know, haul it out, make any repairs, do whatever I'm going to do, rest, recover. And at that point, I'll make a decision if I'm going to go into Australia or, or put this one in the dumpster. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Whether you're tired of it or not. Yeah, that's it. You know, I might have an inventory and ready to go when I get to, to, to Hawaii and say, I don't even want to see this damn thing anymore. You might want to stretch your legs a little bit. Well, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I won't be in a rush because even at that, I'll have to look at the cyclone season for down in the Australia area. Because it'll take it's about a five-month trip of sailing in this little boat from Hawaii to Australia. And so the season's different, the storm pattern's different, so you don't have to do a lot more research, reprovision, get maps for the, some of the islands en route so I can stop and replenish. So there'll be a bit of more work if I decide to go forward. But I'll, like I said, I'll make that decision. That'll be step two after this step one. Tell me a little bit about the rig on the boat. It's a traditional sloop design. I got twin head sails uh, so I can go wing and wing because much of this sailing is going to be downwind. Mm-hmm. I have a small spinnaker. My main, I can reef into two. I have two reefing lines, spaces, so I can reef it down uh, a bit. So it's a pretty simple rig. Can you, now I'm looking at a picture uh, of the boat, of Chubby Girl. Can you stand on this deck? No, no. Well, maybe at the dock, if I hang on to everything, but uh, no, the intent is, is I probably won't get out of the cockpit. You'll do everything the, from, from standing. Everything comes back to the cockpit on each side. Uh-huh. Uh, the deck is too small. I've got a couple solar panels on the deck now, too, so you know, really, there's no room on the deck, frankly. But your cockpit is, is also really just the living space. Is that true? Right. It opens up. It's where I climb into the boat and I have a, a hatch that closes over with a, like a, a plastic dome over the top. So I can actually sit inside, put my head up through the, the hatch and look around in bad weather. Okay. And she has a ballast, a keel of some sort? Yeah, I have a, a fin keel. It's about three feet deep under the bottom of the boat and it's like 240 pounds of lead on the bottom of it okay and it's designed to be self-riding you know i'll probably lose a mast if i roll if a wave hits me big risk for this thing is to roll over into big waves or getting run over by a ship well you're bright orange so hopefully that'll help yeah, you well, i'm trying to make it as visible as i can <laughs> i have a, a strobe at the top of the mast i have a running lights at night. Um, I have some pretty bright uh, spreader lights to shine down on the deck, too, to help it more visible at night. How uh, tall is that mast? About 16 feet above the deck. Okay, okay. So um, it's pretty small. Yeah, yeah. You could get lost in the waves there. Yeah. And the sails are bright red, too, so I've tried to do everything to make it very, very visible. You know, the, the international orange hull, the international orange mast, and, and bright red sails. And I understand the sails are, are by... Pineapple Sales. Cammy Richard yeah, was on, uh, on the program. Yeah, uh, Pineapple Sales. Uh, He's great. Designed and, and put those on. Yeah. Yeah. And 
There's also another piece of red, the hydrovane I see on the aft quarter. Right. Is... Yeah, that's a self-steering wind vane, and that's uh, it works very, very well. Matter of fact, it steers better than I do. So uh, I've been testing it out in the bay in the ocean here a little bit, and uh, it steers very well. I'm very happy with that. I was a little concerned because the boat is so short, and I've just sort of pivot off of my, my keel. You know, it's not like a long boat. Mm -hmm. and I was concerned if the weather vane was going to work, but it, it does seem to work very well, much better than I actually anticipated. Is that the primary rudder, or is there another rudder? No, there's a there's a there's a primary rudder, and then there's that that's a, sort of like the secondary rudder. Okay. If uh, if the something fails, I can always use that. It's got a little killer arm, so I could use that as a backup rudder if I have to. But basically, when I use the hydrovane, uh, the wind vane, what I'll do is I'll lock the, the main rudder in position, uh, lash it down, and so it won't move around, and then the the hydrovane will actually steer it relative to the the wind direction. Sure. Sure. Tell us a little bit about, you, you already mentioned that there's a, there's a hatch that slides open, and that's your cockpit, but also how you get into the boat. What is this space down below like on a nine-foot boat when you are closed in? You've got that little bubble, but what's the living right. quarters down there like? Well, it, it's pretty cramped because, uh, first of all, I've got three and food for three months. <laughs> uh, because I figure it's going to take me at least two months to get there. And I, and in case I hit doldrums or bad weather or something, I, I want to have some reserve. So I've got about a month of food in reserve, but it's pretty tight. The, the from the, the cabin deck to the overhead is about 31 inches. So it's like maybe living under a, a small coffee table or a small, you know, breakfast table. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So there's not a lot of room. Uh, on the starboard side, there's one little area there that's probably about 20 inches wide that I'll sleep in, 24 inches wide. Uh, and I can actually lay flat on that. The forward area up in the, the bow of the boat is where I've, I've got clothes and, and spare parts, my sea anchor, that kind of stuff. Because um, I have to carry cold weather clothes and warm weather clothes. Because the first year leaving San Francisco, it'll be cold for the first month. Mm. And then about the second month when I'm hitting down in the trades, you know, I'll be in the, in the warm weather clothing. So yeah, it's, it's sort of filled up with some clothing, limited amounts of clothing, but, they, it, you know, it doesn't take much to fill up that little bow. Also up there, I have a little water maker, I, I, a ah. reverse unit, a reverse osmosis unit that's both 12 volt and hand pump. So if the motor dies, I can I strip the motor off and hand pump it to make water. And then on the port side, uh, from where I'm sleeping, I have a little one burner propane stove, my chart plotter, my VHF radio, um, and my compass, internal compass. I have two compasses, one up on the deck and one uh, uh, on the inside. So if it's bad weather, I can steer it from the inside. I have a tiller on the inside and a tiller on the outside. Oh, okay. So you can be holed up inside. Right. And, and it looks like I might be doing that at the end of next week. It looks like when I leave Sunday, the first two or three days, uh, it's going to be pretty light winds for till maybe Tuesday or so. But uh, looking at the projection winds out there, uh, it looks like it's going to be kicking up pretty strongly from like Wednesday to maybe Friday or Saturday. And so I might be holding up for a few days those, those after, right after, after I get out the Golden Gate for a couple of days. From behind you? And it looks like it might be coming from the north. So uh, I'm going to be meeting with the naval architect, Jim Antrim, tomorrow. He's got some uh, some modeling that we're going to look at tomorrow afternoon, in which I'll be able to see if I should be, you know, reef down and keep heading west, or if I should just turn and run downwind with it. So hmm. we're going to play with those models tomorrow and see which would be the better way to, to sail that little boat. Wow. 
It seems as if the sailing community has really rallied behind you to help make this dream come to fruition. They really have. I mean, uh, Cree at uh, Partridge, which is the the owner there at uh, Berkeley Marine Center, and, and and his whole staff there, just been over backwards to, to to accommodate and be very supportive and helpful. I mean, and the the, the community itself, the people that walk the dock and come by, probably every day I get about four or five different groups, at least like one or two people that'll stop by. They're sort of fascinated with the boat. I get comments: Is it a submarine? Is it a lifeboat? You know, all kinds of little comments. <laughs> People are just curious as hell about it. But so a lot of people will stop by and they chit chat and we get to talking about it. And it's amazing the number of uh, people that have signed into the blog, which is um, chubbygirlcruising.com. I have a contact me in there and they send me emails and a lot of encouragement. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the San Francisco sailing community has been very supportive. Interesting enough, there's a guy named uh, Suska, which had actually he's a British, I mean, not a British, an Australian fella. And several years back, maybe 30 years ago, he's, he holds the record for the smallest boat to sail around the world. He left Brisbane, Australia, and sailed around the world. It took about three or 500 days. Out of the blue, I, you know, I've read his books. I've studied all these books for the guys that's written it's so load sail to see what kind of problems they've run into. Interesting enough, I've never met this fellow, but he contacted me last night. Heard about it through the, I guess, the Latitude 38 or something. How wonderful. And uh, so he contacted me and, and wrote a very nice, encouraging uh, email to me. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That is really nice. And so speaking of people who have done this before, uh, the record is currently held by a gentleman named Jerry. Jerry Spies. Spies. Yeah, he's a 10 years old. It's a 10-footer boat. Okay. I went up and saw him two marches ago, so what's about 18 months ago. His boat is Yankee Girl. And it's in the museum in Minnesota, Minneapolis uh, Historical Society Museum. So I went up there in March to see his boat and to see him. But but when I got up there, he'd just gone into hospice a a few days earlier Mm. uh, with bad Parkinson's. So I I didn't get to see him. But the director of the the Historical Society Museum up there pulled the boat out of archives and and put it in a warehouse and let me climb all over and shoot pictures for about a day. So that was very good of the the director of that that historical museum up there. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. I mean, it sounds like while there is a competition to try, you know, break records, it's a friendly competition. Right. Well, Jerry had always, uh, I'd read his books too. He'd sail across the Atlantic and he'd sail across from uh, Southern California, I think Long Beach or someplace to LA to Australia. And so uh, he'd always been encouraging people to, to try and beat his record. He did it in 1981 across the Pacific. And he's announced, you know, and talking in articles and stuff said that, you know, he, he, he's encouraging other people to try and beat it. And I've, I've dedicated this trip to him. Uh, even though he passed last summer, uh, mm. I've dedicated the boat, uh, this boat trip to 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 uh, Jerry. That's nice. Yeah, you know his boat was Yankee Girl, and so I wanted to keep it sort of in a similar vein. Uh huh. So my boat is called Chubby Girl, and the reason it got called Chubby Girl because she's short and wide. <laughs> so sure if, figure, if, 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 if the female gender is short and wide, it's probably chubby. <laughs> well. What do you say to people who say that this is absolutely insane? You know, where did this idea, how did it catch on with you? Well, I've been sailing since my early 20s, and I grew up in the the southeast uh, Carolinas, down in the low country of South Carolina, and uh, I'd been around the water a lot as a kid, and uh, I was always fascinated as taking a small boat across, like, the Atlantic, 
And I, and like I said, over the years, I've been thinking about it, reading everything I can, building models. And, but then I'm, you know, I've been out here in California for, for many, on the West coast for many, many years. So it ends up just, you know, natural, but I'll, I'll go across the Pacific instead of the Atlantic, but it's a dream I've had. Uh, I've never, like I said, I, I don't think I've ever sailed a boat this small before in my life. So, so, so I go back to that question then, if you never sailed a boat this small, it's just from hearing about other people doing it that kind of piqued your interest? Yeah, it was, and reading about these guys that sailed, uh, you know, across the Atlantic and and the Pacific in these small boats, and just fascinating that uh, they could do it. And I, and I and there's been a couple guys that's tried nine footers uh, across the Pacific. They haven't made it yet, mm. and so uh, I, I, I was just curious. Well, let's let's see if it can be done. Yeah. So that's what the whole idea is: is to show that a, a nine footer can make it. What do you say to people who who say that this is just foolhardy? You know, you're going to get uh, those kind of people in anything you do in life, and you just can't worry about them. You just got to go do what you think is right, uh, do good risk assessments, try to address the issues to make it safe. Because you don't want to put other people at risk either that might have to come out and pick you up. Hopefully nobody does. But, you know, uh, you, so you want to try and address the risk as best you can. Tell and, us a little uh, bit about how what you've done in terms of safety, heavy weather preparation. Well, I'm carrying a, 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 a sea anchor, a parachute sea anchor, and so and that's pretty well designed uh, for that purpose. So if I have to, you know, I don't think the boat would well, uh, heave to, uh, which is a sort of a standard storm tactic, but this boat I don't think it would do that very well. I've tried it a little bit, and it didn't do very well. So I'm going with the sea anchor. Uh, I do carry a drogue to slow it down if I'm <laughs> – if you imagine slowing down two knots, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, I, I do carry a, a sea anchor uh, for bad storm conditions, which I'll put off the bow, and then a little drogue if it, you know, start getting waves and it starts kicking me around too much from coming over the stern. For the most part, there, and then you know, I'm harnessed in pretty well with the life preserver. I got uh, double lanyards uh, at the cockpit, and then if the weather starts getting bad, I just seal it up and go down below. Yeah. And I imagine you have uh, an EPIRB? Yeah, I have an EPIRB. I, I'm carrying a, a Garmin inReach uh, sat text phone, which I can text, and also I can get some, some marine weather way offshore uh, through the Iridium satellite. But it's not a vocal uh, sat phone. It's just for text. And, people... and it does some tracking, too. So some people can track uh, on Earth, through EarthMate, an app and they can see where i'm at but actually i'm using a tracker too called a yb3 tracker it's from the uk i just installed that this last week that will track my position and and if you go to the blog the first page it'll open up will actually be a map and it'll show my my current position and i've set that up to where it'll it'll, uh, record like twice a day because i'm only going if i have a great day i'll make 50 miles if i do it like every 12 hours that'll be every 25 30 miles at the best your website again, which is chubbygirl.com? Cruising. No, chubbygirlcruising.com. Chubbygirlcruising.com. Yeah, if you just go chubbygirl.com, you'll get porn site with fat girls. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little different. (laughs) Yeah, that's a little different. I didn't realize that until after I I set the blog up. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, What was my next question here? You're only a few days from departure now. Where is your mind at? I'm ready. Uh, I, I, mentally, I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, the boat is ready. It's fully loaded with the food, the water. Everything's in there. 
Saturday, I'll go down and, and cut on all the tracking devices because I'm using the 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 Iridium Sat phone as a tracker. I got that YB3 tracking device, and also uh, I have a Raymarine chart plotter, and that'll be tracking me. So you know, I'll, I'll set up all the tracking and confirm everything's working right. I loaded in the waypoints again today. Double check those for my waypoints between here and Hawaii. So uh, I'm ready, and, and the boat's ready. You know, we're both sitting down. I just gotta wait for the weather for Sunday. It looks like it'll be a calm day to, to ride out through the Golden Gate. And I have a little outboard on the back, but I'm carrying just enough fuel to get me past the the end of the channel buoys uh, for this uh, the Golden Gate Pass there. And then about an, an hour's worth of gas on the other end, so I can get in and if I have to negotiate any reefs or anything over in Hawaii. How do you think about? Um the mental aspect of the trip. You're going to be out there alone. I don't know if you've done much single-handed sailing before. Yeah, I've done a lot of offshore. Like I said, I've, so, I've solo sailed uh, from San Francisco to Tampa. Uh, that was a 14-month trip, but it was stopping en route and down in the Caribbean and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, but, uh, I, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I'm, you're actually pretty busy when you're solo sailing. And then what free time you got, you'll be trying to cat nap because you, you don't sleep in, in big intervals you know you sleep in your sort of catnap uh i'll be awake a lot at night watching for shipping and stuff and so catnapping during the day pretty much but yeah i i i, I find it pretty good i get along well with the crew put it that way <laughs> yeah that's good yeah yeah no no uh personality conflicts hopefully no no and i've got a kindle and i got like 22 books downloaded into it so i'll be doing a lot of reading too there you go what are you most afraid of Two things. One is, well, maybe three things. One is rolling over in the big waves, breaking waves, and, and snapping a mast, okay? Because then I'll have to jerry-rig it and figure out a way to get on into Hawaii. Uh, and that could be one, and, and making sure I got it all closed up pretty tightly and don't take on any water. And then the other thing is being run over by a ship, because I'm, I'm so small, I don't even cast a radar image. Mm. And so uh, I do carry an AIS identification system uh, that sends out a little uh, bleep, uh, periodically. So ships, if they have that equipment, most big uh, ships do have it. They can at least see that somebody's out there. Yeah. So those are the two things. And I guess the third is probably uh, muscle atrophy mm. because it's going to be, uh, like I said, living under a little breakfast table for, for a couple months. And so I do have some uh, bungee cord isometric stretch bar, you know, stretch cords and stuff to try and keep some muscle tone so I don't atrophy too badly. Yeah, those first steps in Hawaii are going to be difficult. Oh, it'll ones. be pretty wobbly. Yeah. So you're feeling ready. I'm I'm mentally very ready for this trip. I'm I'm actually excited to get going. You were saying beforehand that that you got some some medical checkups and yeah. So I've been you know punch listing all that kind of stuff. Just make sure there's not going to be a problem you know in route that I don't foresee before I leave. Uh, my physician's been very good. I have a, a private physician, family physician out in Walnut Creek. He gave me prescriptions for some antibiotics and stuff. Because one of the problems that a lot of these solo sailors and these little boats get are staph infections. Because oh. the hygiene is not very good and they get skin sores and sometimes it goes internal. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to address the, the hygiene issues probably better than most of these other guys have done. But I have a doctorate in public health, so I'm pretty aware of that kind of stuff too. So, Okay. How did you first get into sailing? Actually, it was a funny story down in, I was in graduate school as an environmental engineer down in Arizona State out in the desert. And a, a, one of my buddies, a colleague, you know, he, you know, we're both in school. 
uh, he was riding his bicycle back home one day, and uh, someone ran a stop sign and, and hit him and put him in the hospital pretty bad. He got some money, and uh, we were both pretty poor graduate students at the time, but we both had this dream that we wanted to get a sailboat and go sailing. So I made a deal with him. I said, well, you know, you got some money, and I'll, I'll put the time and build a boat. So we, we, built, we ordered a, a little kit boat. We thought it was a big thing, but uh, it was a little tiny. It was 21 feet long. We thought it was a mega boat. Uh, but we built it in the backyard in Tempe, Arizona, learned to sail it on some of the lakes outside of Phoenix, and then took it down to Mexico, and I sailed to Sea of Cortez. He was supposed to go with me, but uh, he got distracted and went off on his career, and I went down to Sea of Cortez and sailed that for about a year, the Sea of Cortez. Then I trailered it back over to San Diego and sold it, and, and then I started you know, buying other boats. Wow. And it just kept going. And most it people... just kept going. Most people... Uh get bigger boats and say, I want a bigger and bigger boat. And you went the other direction. My, my last boat was a, a 70 foot power cat, a custom design <laughs> from New Zealand. And so, like I said, that boat was 20, almost 26 feet wide. So, <laughs> so you, know. you could fit quite a few chubby girls onto that oh, boat. Yeah, I could get yeah, right all over that boat. That boat, you know, cruised to 26 knots. This one here, Max, if I can do well, I'm doing three. So it's a world of a difference, but you know, that's okay. I, I have no problem with that. I, I, I see this is a new challenge, you know, getting a bigger boat and sailing in Hawaii. I don't think would be that much of a challenge because I've done a lot of offshore sailing. It'd just be another boat trip basically. But this one brings a whole new other series of dimensions. It's sort of like extreme backpacking, I guess. Yeah. Well, it is extreme. Yeah, uh, it's pretty extreme. <laughs> you know, food and water, everything's ration. What is the cuisine like on this trip? subsistence at best you know it's uh, i got a few treats but basically it's uh some canned goods some dehydrated some freeze-dried yeah so it's sort of a combination yeah well i wish you the best uh, bon voyage okay well thank you very much and like i said the, the san francisco boating community has been extremely supportive i mean I, i'm just amazed at how well the community has actually come out and supported me that is wonderful that really is really is. wonderful to see. Other if anybody uh, sees a little orange boat heading from Berkeley towards the Golden Gate on Sunday about midday, tell them to swing by and say hello. Best of luck. I re- this is a great, it's very inspirational seeing you just take on this challenge. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And it, it's been a lot of work for the last couple of years, but uh, it's, it's now coming to fruition. So that's good. Congrats. All right, well. Okay, you take care and have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this special episode. If you're out on the water this Sunday, the 27th of September, which also happens to be my birthday, do look out for Will in his little red sailboat. He'll be leaving Berkeley around 11.30 and hopes to be headed under the Golden Gate between 2.30 and 3.00. If you enjoyed this episode and other episodes, do take a minute, go visit Apple Podcasts and leave me a review, or at least click the star button a couple times and give me a good rating. A good review helps ensure others can find the podcast. Thanks again for listening. I'm Ben Shaw, host and producer of the show. Until next time, smooth sailing.